Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 234 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you? I'm doing okay, Joe. Uh, how are you? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Nobody's ever asked me that. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm trying doing, to be nicer. <laughs> I'm doing well. Uh, I had Long John Silver's for dinner, and I'm really feeling it now, you know? <laughs> I thought you said you were doing well. That does not sound like well. No, you know, listen, it felt good eating it at the time, but, you know, it's it's a very heavy meal, you know? I think I, I, ha- I had to be a child the last time I had Long John Silver's, like, pre-driving child. Like, to the point where I wasn't able to get up and leave the establishment on my own. That's it, how long ago it was. This has been a busy, like, this has been a busy week here, and we've been eating out a lot this week. Mm. Um, the The fridge is kind of sparse. Um, usually we'll have like leftovers, like from like a meal or two to carry me through the week for lunch. Uh, but there was nary a leftover to be had. So I've been eating very shittily, even for me this week, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm sure a doctor would tell me that I'm probably (laughs) diagnosed with something. Um, my, uh, my bloat foot hasn't acted up yet. So we're, we're, you know, I'm, 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 I'm playing with uh, the house's money, if you will. Yeah, well, hopefully, if like diabetes ends up costing you a foot, maybe it'll be the bloat foot. That's the, if one can only hope, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like they're doing you a favor. <laughs> Jokes on you, doctor. I always say you don't know you have a problem if you don't go to the doctor. Oh, hundred percent. I haven't been to a doctor since I was eighteen. Yeah, I was getting my physical for ECW House of Hardcore. That was the last time I saw a doctor. <laughs> I think it was about five years ago for me, maybe six. And it was when I was having like real bad problems with my foot and whatever it was. And they sent me for a litany of tests, um, you know, blood work, x-rays, MRI, blood work again, all this shit to figure out what was wrong with me. And they're like, yeah, we don't know what's wrong. Here's a bill for $36,000. And I'm like, okay, well, um, I guess I'm just going to figure this out myself, right? Yeah, I just usually if Tylenol doesn't cure it, you're meant to die from it. That's my <laughs> mentality. <laughs> like if, if some aspirin, maybe some Pepto, you know, you take a quick slug of Pepto-Bismol. If those two don't do it, like just suffer through it. It'll go away eventually. Yeah, if I'm not feeling well, I'll usually take my Tylenol, depending if it's night or day. Um, you know, the, the NyQuil or the DayQuil. And then if I'm having like... You know, allergic reaction-y stuff, I'll, I'll throw a Zyrtec in there as well. And it's a nice, it's a nice over-the-counter cocktail that I'm playing with, you know? <laughs> yeah, just, just adjust the dosages, see what makes you feel good. Yeah, or not bad is yeah. typically what it is. <laughs> yeah. All right, jam-packed show this week. Yeah, jam-packed show. Let's get right into it here, huh? Yeah, let's do it. And now, At Odds With Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. So, not too, too busy uh, of a uh, This Day in Wrestling History. You know, we have our head-to-head Raw versus Nitro from 1998. Um, you know, Nitro's still three hours. They're stacking the cards. Um, I say it every week. But it's that top of the uh, card stuff, the Hall, the Nash, the Hogan, the Savage stuff that I have no memory of. But it's the middle, the lower card stuff that like lives in my mind forever. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like the, they started the program between Booker T and Chris Benoit, which would lead to the best of seven series for the TV title. Okay. Um, but obviously we, it will, I will play these every week as long as they're available to me. Um, so the, what the impetus for this did not happen in our week, uh, in, in the day that we'd be covering it happened on the previous, uh, episode of thunder where uh, a young man uh, may have absconded through Jericho's bag and taken his Juventud Guerrera mask and posed as Juventud Guerrera. That's, that's ep- odd, because Jericho's usually really good at like maintaining possession of his things. <laughs> that's true. Um, and again, there was a confrontation about this on the Nitro that does happen uh, you know, uh, on this day, however many years ago, this was 25 years ago. So let's uh, let's go to uh, Chris Jericho here. Okay. Welcome to Monday Night Jericho. I still oh, hate they. I still hate they play this new music. And I know all you Jericho-holics feel the same way when I say, "Go Stanford! You can go all the way, Daddy O." Want that shirt? That's a homemade one. I want that one, too. (laughs) Yeah. Referring to Kentucky's upcoming opponent. We know that. And you know, I come out here tonight as your role model, as your hero, as your paragon of... Oh, wait a minute. Who's this? What are you doing here, Larry? (laughs) Lenny. Lenny Lane. And you know who I am, and you owe me a thousand dollars. Now, why do I owe you a thousand dollars? Because you told me if I wore your gear and we double-crossed Dean Malenko and it worked, you would pay me one thousand dollars. You know what, young boy? (laughs) I've been meaning to talk to you about that. You committed a cardinal sin in this business when you went in my bag when I wasn't around. You took my mask. You took my belt, you took my tights, and I'll tell you something else, my lover boy tape is missing as well. <laughs> and as far as what happened to Dean Malenko, I'm sorry. It will never, ever happen again. But the way I see it, you owe me $1,000. Because that gear that you wore, I can't wear it anymore. I can't get the smell out. You owe me $1,000, sir. And I want you to let me have it right here, right now. Oh, no. Let me have it. <laughs> you want me to let you have it? Yes, I want you to let me have it. Let me have it. You let me have it, pal. You want it. Yeah. Rabbit season. Duck season. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he let him have it, didn't he? There you go. We got a match. Oh, this era of Jericho is like t- some of the best stuff in wrestling, I tell you. Yeah, I don't understand how they they set up a match like that. There was no vignettes. There was no like long term storytelling. It doesn't make any sense. How did they like do a wrestling show? Oh, come on now. <laughs> Somebody I saw speculate online, and uh, we'll kind of dive a little bit more into this next week. Um, but with Waltman gone from WCW, there was like nothing doing, you know, outside of matches. But again, matches. Come on, uh, with the cruiserweight division. So people were speculating, like, now here 25 years on, that with Waltman gone, did that allow Jericho to just kind of, like, do whatever he wanted in this? You know, if if Waltman was still in WCW at this time, would Jericho have gotten this chance? 
Yeah, like they would have been showcasing six Pac or six. Right. And otherwise, they're just like, oh, just go have a match. And you got two minutes of mic time beforehand. Do whatever the fuck you want. Nobody cares until the third hour or something like that, you know? Right. Now, over on Monday, Monday Night Raw, of course, uh, we have Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie against the Quebecers for the third time in four weeks. <laughs> uh, we have Double J starting his program with Steve Blackman that would go on for the next three months. I uh, saw the match listings, like the results from that recently on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Jericho, or not Jericho, Jarrett is like... 27 and 1 against Blackman. Right. Uh, we have the debut of the new Midnight Express, uh, Bodacious Bart and Bombastic Bob. Okay. And we do get The Rock vs. Stone Cold as the main event. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> um, but this is the go home Raw for WrestleMania. And they're giving away Rock Austin? What was the Mania main of, or like, what were they doing on Mania? This was Sean and Austin with Tyson. Okay. All right. So, yeah, it is a little bit early for The Rock. I get it. But yeah, it's still it, a really big match for the go-home show. Sure. But, like, the rest of the card is just, like, nothing, you know? Yeah. Um. Again, they're, 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 they're getting a little bit up on things. And, you know, they quite haven't figured it out just yet. But, you know, WrestleMania, you know, we're going to talk about the night after Raw WrestleMania next week. And I would say one of the more memorable moments in Monday Night Raw history. And we'll be talking about that at length next week, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that was 25 years ago, uh, this day in wrestling history. 26 years ago, this day in wrestling history was WrestleMania 13, Heat emanating from uh, the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago, Illinois. Um, A rather ho-hum card for the most part, except for one match that I could think of. Um, And that would be uh, the submission match between Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was back when they allowed blood in wrestling. (laughs) Well, again, listen, blood could happen. It's just, you know, they send the people out with the gloves on to stop everyone from bleeding, you know? Yeah. Um, I could argue that this match, um, maybe not the best match in WrestleMania history, maybe not the best match of either one of these men's career, maybe not the best match that these two would have against each other, but one of the most important matches in WrestleMania history. Yeah. I mean, it's kicked off the babyface Stone Cold era, the heel Mm -hmm. Bret Hart era, and it was probably the most natural and well-done double switch that I've ever seen. Yeah. Credit to Austin for carrying Bret to a good match. How dare you? Well, I'll say this. Uh, Thank you to Shawn Michaels for six weeks earlier faking an injury and having to throw this entire show into upheaval. And if Sean wasn't faking hurt, we would have never got Austin versus Bret Hart. Once again, Sean doing what's best for the wrestling business. Of course. You know? Yeah, again, he's always, he's always thinking of other people first. Really. <laughs> Very selfless. He's like, yeah. you know what? Let's let these guys, these two young upstarts, have their <laughs> shot in the spotlight. Uh-huh. So the original advertised match, and I don't even think it got, like, 
like verified advertised. I think it was like in the magazines. Mm-hmm. This was supposed to be Austin versus Bulldog in a submission match. Okay, and then like Brett Sean. And then Brett Sean is the main, yeah. For okay. the belt. Yeah, it's just a shame, you know, like Sean wanted to be there. He just he just couldn't. He was too beat up, you know? Oh no, he oh. was there. He was but, there. I mean, he wanted to wrestle. But Sean has a very high standard for his in-ring abilities and, like, his presentation. He's Mr. WrestleMania, and he just didn't want to go out there and deliver just, like, a three-and-a-half-star match or a four-star match. You know, a.k.a. a Bret Hart match. He wanted to have a Shawn Michaels match, and he knew he couldn't do it, so he said, you know what? I'm going to step aside. I'm going to let you guys do it. I'll still be there so that the pay-per-view buy rates are still good, but we're going to let Austin and Bret shine. Some some uh, strong revisionist history there. I I think I'm pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. All even right. Th- even though Sean blocked poor Ed, I feel bad. <laughs> uh, well, Ed'll just uh, how how funny would it be if? And I again, it's going to be a lot of you know, it was a lot of Ed talk on the show last week, and it'll be a lot of Ed talk here this week. I'm sure he does a, uh, a, a few calls in the hopper. I'll say, <laughs> but how funny would it be if that? Sean blocked Ed from the Pod Van Dam account, uh-huh. but is following Ed from his secret OnlyFans account. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can believe that. I think that that's. I think we should go with that, regardless. Since yeah. nobody knows what the actual account is, that can be the story: is that Shawn Michaels follows it. Right. I think we could start that lie here. You know, yeah. lie. Edit that part out. You know, it's it's definitely true. All right. <laughs> so, hey, uh, that was This Day in Wrestling History. Let's talk about the last uh, seven days in the world of professional wrestling. Where would you like to begin? All right. So I'm going to start with something that, you know, a lot of people, not the people that we follow, but, you know, like the you just can't help but hear about it. Uh, there was an international dream match. I'm going to use in air quotes was announced for AEW Dynamite. And obviously, like, all the trolls on the internet were like, why is this match happening? What's the setup? Where are all the vignettes? But after it was all said and done, a lot of new eyes were opened to an exciting new talent in wrestling. And, of course, I'm talking about Sky Blue versus Tony Storm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I can't even not set these up without you seeing it coming a mile away. Uh, Match of the Year candidate, and it's only March. And I'll just say, what a difference relocating a couple gear straps make. Um, But (laughs) uh, I guess the other match that people want to talk about from that was like Kenny Omega versus the Viking guy and uh, El Hijo del Vikino. I don't know. Viking. Uh, But fun match. I've never seen this guy wrestle before. Uh, If you want to nitpick, like there was a lot of Kenny just kind of standing, waiting for Viking to to get in, get on the top rope to kind of set up his move. So it kind of seemed like they were off a step or two, but it was still super enjoyable. And uh, like, I'm never going to be one of those people that criticizes AEW bringing in somebody because like, I've never seen the guy. I probably never would. I don't watch AAA. Um, and I enjoyed it. So good on AEW for bringing in like new people, even if it's for a one shot deal. Uh, and I, I'm not going to say it was an amazing match, but it was a fun match. I really liked the match and I'm not typically this into this sort of match where it's just a bunch of flippy do for flippy do's sake. Um, I get that Kenny's really good, but Kenny's not my guy and Kenny will never be my guy. 
Um, and I really hate the discourse that everything brings. And, you know, we do talk about the discourse, but, you know, I could still hate it that we talk about it. Um, you know, I, I feel as though the folks that were saying, why is this match happening with no build? And then AEW goes and gives them like a video package for the guy, not only on their YouTube show, but also on Rampage. And then they and then people complain like, oh, you did it on Rampage. Nobody watches Rampage. So then they did a different video package for the guy on Dynamite before the ma- before the sh- you know before the match. And then people complained, oh, the stupid angle that happened afterwards ruined the match. So it's almost as though there are people that are going to complain about everything in wrestling just because they like to complain. Yeah. <laughs> um, the I will say that this angle is not for me with Kenny and the Bucks and Hangman. Um, I did find Don Callis's comedy sale of nothing to be very funny. Um, I like that they're trying to build something for the BTE crowd, but do it on TV and give the people on TV stuff to cling on to. It's still not for me, but I give them credit for trying to do something a little bit deeper and tell a story. You know, I, I like stories in wrestling just as much as I like the wrestling. Yeah. Like, isn't it pretty much obvious that it's Callus is the one who, like, paid somebody to take out the Bucks because he wants Omega to be focusing on becoming the wrestling god again? Like, is this supposed to be subtle or am I just, you know, spot on with it? Um, I, I, I think it's supposed to be a little bit more subtle. Uh, this is the first time that they've been this overt about it. I think this past week on Dynamite, um, you know. It is what it is. I, I, I had a theory um, about what it could be, but I don't know if they're going to be able to run this angle out for another three and a half, four months. But uh, we shall see. Yeah. And plus, where were you in the moments leading up to Dynamite going on the air last night, Joe? Oh, oh! I already took credit. I'm the one who attacked <laughs> the box. Don Callis handed me an envelope of money, and I said, you keep your money, Don Callis. This one's on the house. <laughs> Uh, well done. All right, I'm I'm good to, glad to hear that you uh, finally got a, a little bit of revenge. I don't think you're done yet, though. No, listen, it's this is uh this one thing I'm gonna take to my grave. I, I've mentioned this before. I I hold on to a grudge like a loved one, and uh, I know some people have said that holding a grudge is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. But uh, you know, still drinking that poison, you know? Yeah. Well, you do you. What do you got next? <laughs> okay, uh, this is a quick hitter. Um, so, Adam, I ask you as a longtime wrestling fan, um, Hulk Hogan, what did Hulk Hogan call his fans? Uh, Hulkamaniacs. Now, specifically, a little narrowing it down, what did he call his children fans? Uh, it was like Hulksters? Little Hulkamaniacs. Little, Hulk, little Hulkamaniacs, okay. What did the Ultimate Warrior call his fans? <laughs> uh, well, I maniacs like yeah, uh, maniacs warriors, but yeah. what would he call like the kid fans? <laughs> oh man, I'm trying to think of like that that promo that that we need wrestling always quotes all the time, and I can't remember the little girl's name. <laughs> Amanda Ultimate Warrior, how Amanda dare you? Amanda Warrior, <laughs> but he would call them little warriors, right? Sure. Yeah. And what would Sting call his little fans? Little Stingers. Fans. Little, little stingers. stingers, right? Yeah. What does Cody call his fans? 
35 year old men that live in their parents basement i don't know well this past week on monday night raw he called them his little nightmares oh (laughs) and adam i had douche chills go through my entire body leave and then come back through (laughs) come back for seconds um little nightmares okay Mm -hmm. um I really want Roman Reigns to win at WrestleMania now. I've never not wanted that to happen. (laughs) I I think that would be the ultimate swerve. I don't think anybody, even us being, let's just say, not Cody Rhodes fans, and I'll speak for myself and say, like, a big fan of Roman Reigns, at least the head of the table Roman Reigns. Like, I want that to happen, but if you asked me to give it a percent chance, I'd say, like, less than 1%. But, oh, man, I really want it to happen. I'm glad you brought up that promo, though, because um, yeah, that, so I was going to have stuff to talk about. That promo was OK. Oh, I mean, there was nothing good about it, but there's things I want to nitpick about. So and I just want oh, I'll ahead. just say my one nitpick about the promo. OK, yeah. Cody's rebuttal is that he comes back and says, um, I'm sick and tired of everyone bringing up my dad's name. Oh, yeah. You're the motherfucker that's been doing it every goddamn week for the last year. Yeah. <laughs> They're just doing what you're doing. Yeah, and he's like, my my dad's not going to show up and do the bionic elbow. My brother works someplace else. So this is just me against you. Uh, but I, I'm going to criticize two other things about it, and I'm forgetting one of them right now. But, uh, oh, first of all, even when he comes out, not by himself when he comes out to confront somebody he still has to say what do you want to talk about because he says normally i would come out here and ask you what what, you know what do you want to talk about but i'm not gonna do it you just fucking did so that counts but my biggest thing is when roman said in the promo and this might maybe is a criticism on roman but he says to cody you know, you left that company because they've been making references to that company that Cody was at. And he says, you couldn't even get over in that company, meaning an AEW. So basically what Roman is saying is this guy who wasn't good enough to be a top guy in that promotion came here. And now he's an automatic top guy. So what does that say for this company that their mid Carter is now going to be our universal undisputed champion? So I figured that was like a line that Roman didn't need to say, because if you're not a WWE diehard fan, you're going to hear that. And you're going to be like, well, that's not a that's not the diss you think it is to Cody and AEW. That's a diss to WWE. Now, and we got one more week left on the road to WrestleMania, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I'm Cody, you know, he can come and say as his rebuttal, which obviously, you know. It's one thing to be quick on your feet and somebody says something like that, what what Roman said to Cody, and Cody's got the immediate rebuttal, okay? It's another thing to have the rebuttal with the receipts. And I think Cody needs to come back with the receipts and say, okay, you claim I left, and I went and I started my own thing, and I couldn't get over. Well, I got things that could, you know... You know, I could show you the reactions. I could show you the live gates. I could show you the attendance figures. I could show you the merch sales. I could show you all of these things. But instead of showing you 
how I got over somewhere else. Let me show you this. And then pull up all the footage of the last 10 years of WWE cramming Roman down our throats as a baby face and it failing. Bring back the Suffering Succotash promo. Bring back the rock raising his hand after winning the Royal Rumble and the crowd booing him out of the building. Show that. Mm-hmm. And say, I may have left, and you could debate whether or not I got over or not, but I could say that you were too afraid to leave because you knew how bad it was here. You would have got killed out there, what I did. You wouldn't have made it 90 days. You would have come crawling back with your tail between your legs, begging for anything, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like, bring back, like, bring up all of Roman's failures. But their whole thing is now it's going to be that once Roman loses the belt, he's going to lose the Usos and Solo and Heyman and everything else like that. So that's the angle they're going with. I think you could do a little bit of a dig of bringing up some of Roman's past foibles to kind of take the piss out of him a little bit, maybe to make him seem a little less like the Superman and give those people that might be doubting whether or not Cody could defeat the 900 plus day champion or whatever. But that's just me. Um, I'm going to watch the match, but I have no like vested interest really in either guy. So I'm cool. Mm -hmm. I think, to do what you just suggested, that would uh, that would require the WWE to like take some humility and say that like the Roman project wasn't always this huge success, and they I don't know if they would ever do that, you know, because in Vince's eyes, I don't think Roman was ever not a top top guy that was super over, you know. I don't think they would look back at it with some kind of uh, objective viewpoint and be like, all right, maybe maybe he did get booed when The Rock lifted his arm and maybe he wasn't over as a baby face. Like, I just feel like there's just such of a, you know, the yes man mentality and, you know, with Vince being back in charge, you know, it's like they're not going to take ownership of those dark times of Roman. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, the Cody thing was also my second thing. So what else do you have? All right, I got um I uh, let's talk about uh some other AEW stuff that came up this past week and it's been a bone of contention for a lot of folks um many many times in the past and this feels like it was 100 years ago because of so much shit that's gone on just in like the last 5 days let alone the last 6 to 7 days. Uh but on Saturday AEW ran their first uh house show uh ended up being very successful. Um, and the gang has talked about it on their podcast, the AIW Card is going to change podcast. Um, the AIW tech crew, uh, camera people, sound people, and so forth, uh, were the tech team there recording the house show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and things went off very well. It was a sold out show, it was a packed house. Things went well. Uh, a lot of connections were made for a lot of people, a lot of, you know, uh, whatever's were rekindled. But one thing that we saw on social media was the piss poor um, amount of merchandise that they had available for sale. Okay, And there's been an issue that people have complained about with AEW shows outside of those first couple punk shows, right? Mm. Where all people cared about was punk being back, so all they had to have was punk shirts. So that's what they had, right? Um... I do know, and I have it on very good authority, that it wasn't until just this past November that 
the merch team had their own separate truck for merch. They were sharing whatever space was left over in the ring truck. So, again, am I making excuses? No, I'm just letting you know the facts as they were, right? Mm. Another thing is, and we saw this when we went to Raw at our arena here, you know? There have been times where I've gone to Raw before at our local building, and there's been like three or four merch stands. Yeah. This this time there was two, and one was a main merch stand, and another one was like the digital pickup stand. It like doubled it. Like they still had shit there, but it doubled as the digital pickup stand, scan, stand where you would go scan the QR code, make your purchase, and then you would go pick it up later at that thing. But you could also buy stuff there too. So they had two. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the way that these things work is the buildings lease that space out, you know, like when there's a dip and dot stand or, you know, a, a Bavarian pretzel thing or whatever it is, they're leasing that space out to those people. When you as an act come there, depending on how many tickets you sell, that's how many quote unquote leased spaces you get to put up your merch, right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't sell a ton of tickets, they're not going to give you that extra space or they're going to give you that extra space and you're not going to have enough to fill two spaces or three spaces because you've been sharing a ring truck with your merchandise. Okay. Another thing is I remember very early in AEW, there was discussion um, that they were going to work with local print shops in the area, like when they would, so they would announce a building, like let's just say tickets go on sale for a show this week, okay? And that show is going to take place in three months. Well, as they're getting their on sale stuff, they're going to reach out to a local print shop in the area of that place and say, okay, we need you to print out X these shirts, X these shirts, X these shirts. One, so they don't need to travel from building to building with this amount of shirts. But when they get to the building, they have a gauge of how many shirts they need. They can just go send a truck there to pick them up, bring them back to the venue, get things set up. And they're also helping out the local economy by going to a local print shop, right? Mm -hmm. And from what I understand, when Pro Wrestling Tees found out about that, they might have put the kibosh on that, right? (laughs) yeah so what would happen is unless they were doing regular shots in chicago where the pro wrestling tees warehouse was they couldn't really get new merchandise to stock back up on right Mm -hmm. and let's say they hedge their bets on a lot of shirts of one person in particular and then that person ain't around no more and they ain't gonna be back in chicago to get a new shipment of shirts for another month Well, for the next four months, we're kind of stuck with the limited shirts that we have, and we're not going to sell the shirts to the guy that we're currently not getting along with. Hmm. That's odd, because Pro Wrestling Tees usually has such a fast turnaround with their their manufacturing process. Right. And listen, (laughs) I, I, I get that the people that work, and this is not a knock on anybody that works in the merchandise side uh, live event side or whatever it is on AEW. If you're working in, in, in with either of these companies, they're major companies. You're, we know that you're not the ones printing out the shirts. You're not the ones packing the boxes. You're not the ones loading the trucks. You're the ones that show up at the building and are given a box and said, "You figure it out." You know what I mean? And and I I understand that that sucks. And you're making the best of it and you're trying to put a positive spin on it. When you see people complaining about it, 
it's not like they're and it's easy to feel attacked these people are not attacking you they're expressing their disappointment because they want to give you money to support the company and support the wrestlers that they like Mm-hmm. And when other people come back and say, oh, well, you could just order the same shirt from Pro Wrestling Tees and get it in a week. I don't know what world you live in where you could order something from Pro Wrestling Tees and it not take four to six weeks, number one. Number two, yeah, a lot of the shirts at the AEW shows are Pro Wrestling Tees shirts, but sometimes they're not. Sometimes they came from somewhere else. And then number three, Pro Wrestling Tees is a company that had a huge scandal where they compromised thousands of people's credit cards. You can't compromise me handing you 30 bucks to get a shirt. Yeah. There's no compromise. There's no way that that transaction can be somehow hacked or whatever, right? I have yeah. $30 in my pocket. I want to buy an acclaimed shirt. I want to buy an FTR shirt. I want to buy a Jungle Boy shirt. And I go to your I go to your show with that money in hand because I want to go home with that shirt. I want to put that shirt on and cheer my favorite guy. I don't want to go to the show and see three designs and then be told, well, you could just order on the website and get it in a week and then go to the website and see how much they charge for shipping, see how difficult their site is to navigate, and then be told that it's going to be four to six weeks before I get it. I just got to keep that $30 in my pocket. And then I'll never b- – even bother with getting a shirt right yeah and plus like the, all the, the delays and manufacturing and shipping and shipping costs aside like there's just something to be said about when you're at whether it be a wrestling show or a concert or just any type of event like the impulse purchase is a lot stronger than like the desire to buy something once you get home i'm way yes. more likely to buy something if i see it and i'm like ah, oh, well i'm here and it's like it's a souvenir from this memory or this event or whatever. And just buying it, at, even if Pro Wrestling Tees had free shipping and they sent it to you in two days, it's still something you just bought on the internet. It's not something you bought at the show. And I think there's something to be said about losing that. Yeah. yeah. And it's not from a lack of the people there working hard. I just think that AEW has a bad partner in Pro Wrestling Tees. And sadly, they're beholden to Pro Wrestling Tees for their merchandise deal. And I don't know how long that contract is for. Uh, I don't know if they dropped off those shirts the last time they were in Chicago and forgot to pick up new ones. And they're not going to be back through the Chicago land area to pick up shirts again. Um, I don't know why Pro Wrestling Tees can't just eat the cost of shipping them to the venue. There's a million different things that they can do. Whether or not they're going to do it is another story. Um, I just wanted to kind of address that. And, like, if there's any people that work for AEW in the behind-the-scenes capacity that are going to hear this or hear about this secondhand, this is not directed at you. None of this is. It's frustration. We have to deal with it. You have to deal with it much more. I think you – there's probably somebody that you could talk to that's higher up than some jerk-off online who's bitching about this and just say, hey, do you think we can get, like, a fourth design? At TV, you know? Yeah. Um, something. Yeah, and if anybody from AEW is listening and you need some help, I am looking for work and I have experience in importing and exporting. I think I could fix this whole thing. There you go. I don't even know <laughs> if AEW... Well, listen, I, I know a guy who's got Tony Khan's direct number. I think I can get you guys together. 
Very nice. And uh, I will just say all of this T-shirt news, plus the fact that we learned this week that Taz invented black T-shirts. That was also a big news thing. Well, he didn't invent them. He made them cool and counterculture. Oh, that's what it was. Yes. But speaking of cool, Joe, something big happened this week, and I think it's it's important to save this to the end. Okay. Are you done? Because I don't know if uh, I want to do this yet. Hey, I'll just throw out there. uh, I thought the uh, Stokely Hathaway hook stuff was a lot of fun on TV. Uh, the, pr- the, the pre-match stuff, the videos building up his training, the match itself was worked like a perfect, like badass wrestler versus chicken shit manager type match. And then the little vignette, uh, of Stokely coming back from the match and everyone there laughing at him and mm-hmm. OC asking him if he won cause he didn't know. <laughs> um, and, uh, my tweet got a reply from Zaxby's about it. So, you know, and, uh, Stokely in his ring gear is very toyetic. Yeah, definitely. I, I I think that that figure that deserves a figure and a chase where the ring gear is like maybe the chase and his like, you know, his just managing gear is the basic figure. I think they could make lots of money doing that. I would buy I would I would work long and hard to find that chase wherever I could. <laughs> yeah. All right, Joe. Speaking of making all the money, speaking of being toyetic this past weekend. The wrestling world changed for the better in the gender-neutral monarch of the mountain. The boar defeats Logan Easton LaRoe for the Virginia Championship Wrestling title, the world heavyweight title. Um, Like, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't see the match. I don't know if it's out there. Uh, I tried. I loaded up the cock. Couldn't find it on there. I signed up for... Ring of Honor streaming service. It wasn't there. Uh, it wasn't on Fight. It wasn't on Jerry's. So uh, I didn't see the match. So I assume because it was a title match, the boar probably bumped at least twice. Uh, but, you know, obviously I'll let you talk about this in a moment. But congratulations to the boar. And now that he has a taste for gold and he's a belt guy, uh, going to be seeing a lot more straps over his shoulder soon, hopefully. But uh, congratulations, boar, getting that gender neutral bump. Well, I think we had talked about this. Uh, you only need one belt. You don't need to be a glory hound. More on that in a moment. Uh, you don't need multiple belts. And I know you said, it's like, oh, well, you just, because uh, I, I said that, uh, you know, having multiple belts takes up space for merch in your bags. And you said, well, you just bring one bag with merch. And then when you sell all your merch, you leave that bag at the building. <laughs> and I said, that's, and I, I say, that's an idiot's behavior because I don't know, you could just put the, empty bag inside one of your other bags and bring that bag out. I don't know. That seems wasteful and stupid, but only a wasteful and stupid person would just leave an empty bag that they probably paid at least $20 for in another country. Um, but yes, uh, Virginia championship wrestling, the only VCW that ever made money in the history of those three letters being associated with the world of professional wrestling. Uh, the boar is their champion. Uh, dethroning that dastardly Logan Easton LaRoe who brings Fettuccine Alfredo in a Tupperware tin to go see th- movies at the theater. <laughs> I don't know what sort of person does something so ludicrous. Um, <laughs> but now the territory's turning around. I saw the pictures. There looked to be no less than 50,000 people in that gymnasium. I didn't know that gymnasium could hold 50,000 people. It did that night. <laughs> now, 
they are they've already announced their next event and again this is bad news good news it's april 22nd which is the same day as the next lvac show uh i think talent's gonna get announced for that shortly i don't know they said yesterday they were gonna start announcing talent but they haven't yet anyway Mm. uh they have a big double main event scheduled here for the norfolk masonic temple um one half of that main event of course is the board defending his title against some guy named brian brock hey listen i'm sure you're a nice kid you ain't lose you ain't beating the board his first title defense right no i think that's gotta be a complete squish so the other side of that double main event is logan easton Leroux, who just lost the title to the boar is taking on I would say legend of professional wrestling, legend of independent wrestling, glory hound Christopher Daniels himself. And I'll say this, okay? This is a double main event, and I hope that this match is in the Tom Brandy Patriot position right before intermission. These (laughs) two can go out there. They can have a good eight to ten minute match. Daniels can cut his promo afterwards talking about how good logan is and how great the fans of hampton virginia are and then he could walk right over to his merch table right and i want i know listen christopher daniels has a very high position in the world of uh uh, all elite wrestling right okay and uh i know he's got a little bit of an issue with his sight these days and i want to make sure that glory on daniels here has his good eye on the boar i don't want i don't want christopher daniels to watch the boar's match that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I want Glory Hunt Daniels to watch how the boar works that merchandise table, how much money he comes away with, the real metric in the world of professional wrestling. And I want Daniels to watch that. I want Daniels to take some notes, and I want him to go bring those notes back to Tony Khan. Not to say, oh, we got to give the boar the big contract. We got to give him the big shove on TV. It's like, hey, this guy moves merch. Yeah. He's like he's Dan like Danhausen, right? He's a giant Danhausen, right? Imagine if Danhausen was a giant and good. That's this guy. Let's bring <laughs> him in. Let's have him be our next Danhausen, but good and big, and yeah. can work and do stuff and not tear his peck by taking simple moves. But that's what I want Glory Hound Daniels to do. So you let him know afterwards. Yeah. And plus, like, assuming he doesn't leave at intermission, Danielson, that is, or uh, Daniels, uh, like, his eyes might not be the best, but his ears will hear that boar pop, you know? Like, so between the merch table sales, the fact that, you know, no offense, but uh, Daniels' line isn't going to be as long as the boar's for the merch table, that's a pretty much a given. But then when he hears the crowd reaction to the boar coming out to defend his title, like, it's a pretty much done deal in my mind. Yeah, Daniels uh, Daniels definitely feels like a guy who's uh, back at the hotel um, before the main event hits the ring, you know? Yeah, but congratulations to the boar. I am just sad that uh, he will not be at the next LVAC show. That's correct, and hopefully uh, the Virginia Championship Wrestling uh, folks can coordinate with the LVAC and make sure the dates don't line up. I think a good chunk of the uh, LVAC uh, shows that have been soft announced for the rest of the year line up with uh, AIW shows, but uh, we're working on it. That's all I could say. 
Yeah, if only there was like, and I can't speak for VCW, but if only there was one person who had the ears of like both companies that can somehow avoid these problems from happening in the future. I do. I'm trying. I mean, <laughs> they're trying. Whoever this is. Yeah, yeah. but. I hope that, like, when these dates get straightened out and talent can actually appear at both shows, I hope the board remembers that even though, like, the VCW belt might not be defended at an LVAC show, there's extra merch money in having that belt at the table because there's a lot of kids and a couple 43-year-old podcasters really want to have Mark photos with the belts, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's extra money that uh, he can make. And, I mean, I don't have to tell him. He knows all about it, but... Hopefully he doesn't leave it at home, you know? But anyways, that's it for me, I think. Yeah, I think that's all I got here. Um, Before you, you want to get into uh, voicemail or? No, I would like you to bring up the soundboard and play the music I sent you. It's Sammy Zane's kicking down to the ring. It's Kobe Kingston doing his thing. Soho. Brian Danielson. No, no, no. Is it the big dog's yard? Let's find out. Does Joe know the card? Kind of catching you off guard here, Joe, aren't I? Yeah, there's uh, there's no pay-per-views this weekend as far as I know. There isn't, but according to Instagram, the most trusted source of relatively tame content uploaded by Chatterbait Cam Girls, AIW's <laughs> 216 is this weekend. <laughs> On Friday, actually, tomorrow. So, Joe, do you know the card for this weekend's AIW show? There are nine matches, one of which is on the pre show. Okay. So I know the show is sold out, right? Yeah, the return to Cleveland. Right, return to Cleveland, sold out. Um, Okay, nine matches, including one on the pre-show. Okay. So I know the pre-show is like a four-team tag match. Yes. Um, And the winner is going to get a shot at the Bitcoin boys So uh, on the main show, right? So that's technically two matches out of the way. Um, I know in the four-corner match... Um, it's, uh, bulking season. Yep. That's the winners right there. So you'll have bulking season versus the Bitcoin boys later in the night. Uh, it's members only. Yep. Runners up in the match. If you ask. Was that? Members only is the runners up. Like if somehow bulking season has travel issues, I root for members only. Okay. Uh, it's money shot. Yep. And is it the bang bros is the fourth team? It is not. Okay, so I don't know who the fourth team is. H2V2. Okay, and I'll plead ignorance. I don't know who that is. Students. Like, not students, but, like, recently graduated from the academy. Okay. Um, I know we have Shaw Mason versus PB Smooth. Yep. That's three. That's three. We got Wes versus Tom Lawler. Filthy Tom. That's four. Uh, we got Jocelyn Navarro versus uh, Steph Delander. That's five. We got the sixth person for the intense title, and that's so. Okay, so as of this recording, not all six people have been announced. I know that five of the six. Okay, as of like an hour or so ago, it's Derek. It's Joey Janela. It's Alec Price. 
It's Kaplan and Chase Oliver. Scramble God. That's right. Okay. And then the sixth person, you know, I don't know if they're going to announce it like at the show or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Um, we have PME versus um, Josh Prohibition and M-Dog in like some sort of stipulation match. I didn't catch the stipulation, but yes. I think it might be like loser leaves or like losing team has to split up or some nonsense like that. All right. Check out either the card is going to change or wrestling cheers for details. Sure, sure. And then that's just one more, right? Uh, well, two more. Two more. Well, the main event, which is uh, JB defending the title against Isaiah Bronner, Matt Justice, and nobody. <laughs> the real world's absolute and intense champion, but sure. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, I can't think what the ninth match is. The disrespect to one of these competitors. Oh, it's Dom Guarini versus uh, Tim Thatcher. Exactly. When you said disrespect, I'm like, oh, poor Dom. <laughs> oh, we'll have to have Pat. Pat, let uh, Dom know that Joe forgot about him. Yeah. Well, you can't, because I'm going to say fuck a bunch, and your kid can't <laughs> listen. You have to turn this part of the show off. Uh, but no, the boys have a stacked show. Uh, you can only watch it on Fight. Um, you know, John is always super worried that a show isn't going to sell out. And then this show, or that the show's not going to sell, period. It's like, oh, walk up town, whatever it is. And I know this is their first time back in Cleveland proper in a very long time. And I know the last time that another promotion ran this building, um, there sure was a lot of fans dressed as chairs. <laughs> um, so, you know, Thorne was worried. And then when he got the notice uh, that they sold the show out like five days in advance, like zero um, you know, I, I was busting his chops saying that uh, part of their deal doing the AEW house show this past weekend was they got to put a flyer on every seat in the building, you know, mm-hmm. um, the old school indie trick there. But um, <laughs> hopefully this is on to bigger and better things this is the beginning of, um, you know, the, the role picking back up for them, not only live attendance wise, but also fight wise for our friends at AIW. I know they've already announced their next show on the 22nd of April, which is the Ron Simmons show. Then they have Gauntlet for the Gold the month after that. And then I think they have, like, the rest of the year already booked out. So, Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's the only reason I pay for Fight. I'd never log in for any other reason other than AIW. So they're get, they get my AIW, I wish they could just get my five bucks because, you know, there's nothing else on there I want to watch. So yeah. it's all it, it does help when you watch their live stuff, and it does help when you do watch their back catalog, you know? Yeah. But no, I've been checking out, well, everything since they've gone over to Fight. I've watched live, at least had it on, like, caught it <laughs> shortly after it starts, because usually I forget until I check Twitter. I'm like, oh, shit, it's on. But uh, I am. I, I tweeted this out. I am sad that out of the two bulking season matches that are going to happen Friday, I'm only going to get to see one because the pre-show is not televised. Right. It's a shame. Hopefully I'll get some fan cam. Like if somebody wants to mail me the VHS, I'll watch that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I think that's enough of that. What do we got for voicemails, Joe? Uh, all right, let's get right into it. Hey, Joe and Adam, what's happening? Jenny, hope uh, you guys are doing well. Uh, really enjoyed the uh, special guest of uh, last week's episode. 
uh, I know he'll uh, he'll never listen to this, but uh, Ronald Two Legs is a uh, gentleman and a scholar, a pillar of the independent wrestling uh, landscape, and uh, it was great to hear uh, you guys chop it up last week. I'm uh, currently on my way uh, from, I just attended uh, High Tension Wrestling's event on uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, it's basically the, uh, the, the actual ashes of Chikara. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, it was really good. Great to see the Whisper. Great to see the Outfielders. Um, great to see Abby Jane and Pancakes. Uh, they had a hell of a match with the most money disgruntled tag team to ever be put together. And that's Handsome Mac Zero and CC Boost. There is such money to be made in those guys doing their odd couple, we hate each other, tag team, bit, trope, whatever you want to call it. Money to be made. Let's get it done. Oh, and uh, Big Dust is a treasure. And uh, he was like, uh, it was like a New England mid-2000s indie show. And he was John Cena's dad just coming out like every other segment uh, was out. He must have came out six times if he came out once. Hilarious. So anyway, big thumbs up. High Tension Wrestling. Check him out. Uh, book the boar next time. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Get wrecked, Bob. <laughs> well, the boy was busy. He was uh, too busy winning the uh, VCW title, you know? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, the boar can't be at every show to win all the belts simultaneously, at least until he somehow you know, licenses out the mask, you know? Right. And that's the next thing, you know, to have uh, like a, a boar two out there, you know? <laughs> They have to be the right height. They have to oil up the right way. They have to take, like, he gets word that the guy took, like, six bumps in the match, and he's like, I'm sorry, we got to let you go from the board program. Yeah, there's, like, a certification process. Yeah. <laughs> you have to, you know, you have to keep your license for it. <laughs> right. Uh, so Kenny calls back. So let's All see right. what he has to say here. Hey, Joe, not him, Kenny again. Hey, what do you know? Two wrestling shows in one day. Imagine that. Is it, like... 2018 or something? Holy shit. Uh, so anyway, I'm leaving uh, WrestlePro in Raleigh, New Jersey on uh, Saturday. Uh, match of the night got a hand it to the uh, tag team of Iron Savages who uh, took on the team of Shot Through the Heart of Love Doug and TJ Crawford. Uh, those four guys had a banger of a match. Uh, I got to see ECW legend Shane Douglas uh, have a wrestling match, if you could call it, with a uh, close personal friend of the show, CPA. Oh. They had uh, the most unintentional funny comedy spot at the beginning of the match where they both had an exchange where they would, like, stand off and then hit the ropes with their shoulder and then stop and then grunt. <laughs> and uh, it was very funny. They did that about six or seven times before they actually locked up. It was hilarious. And uh, cherry on top, I finally got to see Gringo Loco for the first time since uh, 2016 at the uh, Double Dare Tournament in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, in a building that uh, they praise Jesus in. Anyway, <laughs> they don't have wrestling matches there anymore because they praise Jesus. Anyway. 
So, uh, yeah, good weekend wrestling. Having a good time. Hope uh, all's well with you guys. And uh, talk to you soon. Yeah, Rick, boss. Kenny making towns. I was going to say, two shows in one day. That sounds like I would be dead. Whether it be attending two shows as a fan or being a part of two shows in one day at my age in this climate. Woo, baby. I yeah. don't see that happening no more for me. And he said 2018. Like, that was a regular occurrence. Um, <laughs> like, back in, like, 02, 03, 04 as a fan. Um but uh, two shows in one day. More power to you, Kenny. I'm an old man. I can't do that. Yeah, and I hope when April 22nd comes along and there's all those options for indie wrestling, I better see him at Sulkles. That's right. That's right. He better. I think he. I think his band is playing a gig that day, so I don't know if he could be there. Oh, God damn it, Kenny. We've been did, you see, did you see they announced for the next Creator Pro show? Not only is MJF going to be there, but Raven's going to be there? <laughs> yeah, I saw. Oh, boy. <laughs> Are we going? We're gonna, no. We'll go visit Jay Gold. Come on, no. let's do this. I'm not going. I'm not going. <laughs> Fine. I'm not, I don't think I'm allowed to meet Raven. <laughs> you can get in the MJF line. I'm sure that'll be a short line that'll be very affordable. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, Kenny. I, I'll just pretend he called me a poor and keep my money. There you go. All right. Next call. Hey, Joe and Adam. It's Kevin Ford. True or false? Shazam 2 bombed in the box office because Jeff Jarrett did not level up the international title. <laughs> That's false, Kevin. Thank you for your call. Um, the title was leveled up before the match. Um, Jeff Jarrett did win on points, if you go back and watch. Um, I think that crooked referee, Aubrey Edwards, needs to go back to referee school. Um, Orange Cassidy, though, did redeem himself by really uh, doubling down on the face paint for teaming up with Sting this past week on AEW. And Shazam 2 failed because it's been a movie that's been sitting on the shelf for over a year. And it's the tail end of the dead brand of the Snyderverse branded stuff for DC. And, uh, you know, you would think that the Snyder bros would go out and support something that is like this. But it's in one of those, like, in-between things where it's not a Snyder movie, but I guess it's technically part of the Snyder-verse, and we're already heading into the James Gunn-verse, so it was just a dead property, unfortunately. It was a really fun movie. I recommend it. Go see it. It was a lot of fun. It'll probably be on HBO Max as we're recording this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm waiting for it to be on HBO Max. I didn't like the first one, so it's like, I don't know why... It got a sequel, but, you know, money. Um, but as far as the Orange Cassidy face paint, like, here's my problem with that. As a guy who always looks at wrestling as, like, all right, how do we merchandise this? How do we make figures? They really painted themselves into the corner. You can't do a figure with all those deco hits. You That's know? true. Like, there's no way they can accurately portray, like, all of those paint strokes on that face paint that he wore. Like, it just, it's terrible. Like, oh, so you gotta think better next time. Yeah, listen. Sometimes his mind's not in the game, you know? He's he's very easily distracted. Yeah. All right. All right. Next call. Hey there, Joe and Adam. It's the other JB here. Um, Sorry about not calling in last week. Uh, Felt pretty embarrassed by my uh, very uh, subpar uh, promo uh, last week on Dynamite there wasn't becoming <laughs> of a pillar already. But 
that gives me gave me a time for reflection. Um, I went back and I watched the um, dog collar match between um, Greg Valentine and Roddy Piper. So I am wondering what else of Roddy Piper should I study, given his prolific um, and well regarded um, skills on the mic. Alrighty, thank you much. I feel like all of my Roddy Piper memories are all blurred together. Plus, I feel like you introduced me to new Piper stuff that I should have known that I'm rediscovering because it happened before 1990. Right. So I don't know if you're talking. So Roddy, like Roddy's one of my favorite guys of all time. You know, he was my first favorite as a kid growing up watching wrestling. So, you know, uh, like obviously a lot of the stuff that he did in the Nitro era of WCW kind of like sullies that memory of him from 10 years prior. But I still have those memories and they're still really good. Um, And that's the other thing is like because Roddy was an attraction, he didn't really wrestle on TV all that much. You know, Roddy was one of those guys that if you wanted to see Roddy wrestle, you had to go to the live events. And, you know, there you have, uh, well, let's, you know, so uh, we're going to go backwards with this, okay? So you have um, the match at Mania 8 where he drops the Intercontinental title to Brett. That match is awesome. If you've never seen it before, definitely check that out. And if you can find the promos building it up, even better, you know? Mm. Um. You then have the program that he does with Rude, and you could find the episode of Primetime. It was like, it would have been summer of 89, episode of Primetime that builds up the program with him and Rude over the fall. And if you could find, um, you could find them on YouTube, I'm sure, on the network, but you would get the Madison Square Garden shows, and they had matches on there that were really good. Go check those out, whether it be the normal match or the cage match. They're both really good. Um, going back even a little bit further, you have 86 and 87 when Piper returns to the WWF, the program that builds up the match at Mania 3 with Adrian Adonis. In itself, not a great match, but you could find YouTube playlists of all the promos and build for that program that started in like October of 86 to lead up to March of 87. Great stuff, right? But the one hidden gem that if you could find... This would have be this would be February of '86, Boston Garden house show, Roddy Piper versus Bruno San Martino in a steel cage. Right? Mm. Again, February of '86, Boston Garden. Piper comes out wearing a Chicago Bears football jersey. Mm. He then proceeds on the inside of the cage to hang up posters of. William Refrigerator Perry, Jim (laughs) McMahon, the full team of the Chicago Bears, and the crowd is just going out of their fucking minds, right? Uh, Bruno comes out, and for eight minutes, Bruno just beats the ever-loving shit out of Roddy Piper, bloodies him up, I don't think Piper gets like one lick of offense in, leaves him bloodied, leaves him laying, Bruno rips all the posters down, and then leaves the ring. Because that's how the Bruno, like the Bruno Cage matches used to be like that. Um, they weren't like escape. The, like they were escape. Um, it would be just like Bruno finally gets his hand on the heel that he's been feuding with for three months, six months, whatever. Beats the shit out of them. Leaves them bloodied and laying. And then walks out of the ring. And that's how he wins, right? Mm. Um, wow. But go find that. All that stuff's available on YouTube. Um, and then WrestleMania 8's WrestleMania 8. Yeah. 
All right, cool. I've never heard. Uh, shocker. I've never heard of the Piper San Martino uh, match. Yeah, definitely. Really good stuff. Uh, All right, thanks, JB. Do better on that next promo, bud. Yeah. Expect yeah. more from you. <laughs> next call. Hello, gentlemen. Kevin here. Getting my voicemail in. Um, you know, Adam gets picked on, and Adam gets a lot of crap. Right. And Adam gets all sorts of attitude. Yeah. And I think in light of recent news, everyone should stop. I think he should get a pass, much like Bill from Chicago passed for at least a year, if not longer. <laughs> mm. Because it came out this week that the one and only Alexa Bliss is now clear of skin cancer. That's a wonderful thing. Good for her. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that Adam was aware of this and was invested. And in a show of solidarity, has been shaving his head <laughs> with support for the one and only Alexa Bliss. And that, that, it's really beautiful, Adam. Thank you. It's wonderful. And I'm, I'm very proud of you for this. Uh, so my question, though, is, you know, I was thinking of Alexa Bliss and Adam's support. And then I was thinking of things like, you know, write letters into Hulk Hogan, which I know was to get a mailing list, and tugboat into Typhoon upset that no one supported him and no one sent him love letters in the mail. Various indie things of, you know, we're going to we're gonna pass around a hat and raise money for some things that's probably bullshit. But my question is, have either of you actually written a letter, donated time, donated money, fell for something in the world of wrestling? Go back to your childhood if it's a little easier on the ego. Looking forward to the show, guys. I got a long day ahead of me tomorrow. And I got at least two podcasts from you guys. Subscribe to the Patreon. Bye. Hmm. Um, yeah, I guess the jig is up. Kevin is on to me uh, for the over the last uh, let's maybe ten plus years. I've been shaving my head in solidarity for uh, Alexa's recent uh, uh, cancer diagnosis. But yeah, good on her for being clear to that. So, uh, but no, I didn't really have any Alexa Bliss plans for today. But yeah, it's always good to shoehorn her in. Uh, Joe, have you been worked, or were you ever worked as a child? Like I can't think of it. Like I've never, I've never written in to like one of those fan things where it's like, oh, wish Hogan best wishes or whatever. No, I, I can't think that I did either. Um, you know, obviously, I think it was just one of those things where I'm like, oh, that's too much work. Like I don't like Matilda that much. <laughs> to, to send yeah. a get well Matilda thing in. Um, I, I, I didn't like the honky tonk man enough one way or the other during his early face run to, to write in for a vote of confidence or, you know, I, I didn't like Hulk Hogan was never my guy growing up. So when they did the letter writing campaign, um, you know, I didn't send in, I was already getting the WWE magazine and that's what those things were. It was a scam to get you on their mailing list. Um, mm-hmm. And I already was on the, you know, getting the WWE Magazine subscription. I was having it sent to my home and had been for the longest time in the subscription or the the, the WWE catalog was inside the magazine. So, you know, I, I never I, I never fell for any of those uh, opportunities, as it were, mm. that the World Wrestling Entertainment would try and try multiple times, you know? Yeah, and I, I don't think I ever felt, like, compelled to. You know, it was never like, oh, man, I want to do this, but, like, oh, I can't get a stamp from Mom or anything like that. I just never... They never registered as something I would want to do, you know? Yeah. 
What about an indie show, Joe? Have you ever been conned by by a fake charity or a carny or a raffle that didn't pan out or anything like that? Um, I do. So I never did, but I know there's at least two or three people that listen to this show that will swear up and down that the VCW, the Valley Championship Wrestling, the one that lost money, <laughs> um, that they would rig their 50-50 raffle at every show um, because my mom would always win them, right? Okay. Now, I was doing stuff for the show, so I never like had anything to do with whatever could have been going on with the raffle. And sure. To, okay, so you say that. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, my mom would win the raffle because it would be like a 50-50 thing where it was like, oh, one for a dollar, you know, whatever for five. And my mom would go and drop like 20 bucks on it, you know, because mm-hmm. she was trying to support me. And, you know, my brother Tony was involved and all of our friends and everything else like that. We're like, these guys were a bunch of like poor punk high school kids and they would get like one ticket's worth. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, my one ticket didn't get pulled. But this lady who just dropped 20 bucks to get, like, 50 tickets, how does she win every week? Well, law of averages, right? You know, it's yeah. just the way that it would uh, work out. But there's still to this day people that accuse me of rigging those. And it's not like I saw the money. The money went to the guy who ran the things, and I don't know what he did with it. I know I gave him a lot of money to put the shows on that I never got any return on. But, uh... Like I said, so <laughs> that's, I that's the a, there's other people that'll say that I scammed them. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I just hear you accusing all these people of bad things at indie shows, and I, I just feel like let he who is without sin, you know, whatever. All right, perfectly believable excuse, Joe. I I, I almost I I kind of buy it. All right. Well, listen, it's pink button time. Young Ed called in. All right. Hey, <laughs> fuck! God damn it! He does this every week. I'm not even smoking. I just choked on spit. Shit! Fuck! <laughs> hey, drone Adam, it's Ed. Um, this was just supposed to be a clip call before uh, that unpleasantness beginning. Um, hey, Joe, I just need to know. Is Takeshi Tuesday stepping on Terry Tuesday's toes? Uh, that's a lot of cheese. I like alliteration. Um, because I have like 30 pictures of Takeshi Masato from DDT in my phone, and that boy rules. And, uh, I guess, um, I guess I could do Masada Mondays. But, uh, I, I, I just want, I just want your opinion on, on this, because I, because I value your opinion, and I value all of the work that you put into making Terry Tuesday a thing. And I, I, I'm i not trying to step on any folks, because I love me a good Terry Tuesday. Uh, but I also love Takeshi Masada more. He uh, he hung out of that glory hole that was just on the sidewalk for some reason. That's, that's super cool. Hey, bye. <laughs> he, he's, the, he's the Japanese wrestler who, like, there's the picture of him, like, where he's confused by a dog. Is that the, <laughs> is that the guy that Ed's talking about, I think? I am. I, I, you know what? I'm an expert on Japanese wrestling, but when it's Ed stuff, I, I have a blank spot. Yeah, yeah. I say, Ed, how about this as a compromise? Takeshi Thursday sounds nice. 
that that is a good compromise. You get to still do the tea alliteration, but it's not stepping on your your precious Terry Tuesday. That's right. And I I would be remiss not to say that um um the great monsoon classic works just as hard if not harder than me when it comes to Terry Tuesday. Uh, and he and I have been the ones that have been carrying that banner for nigh on to seven years here. And we have to give credit to Dick Justice, uh, who's not on social media anymore. But he's the one who actually created the hashtag and kind of got the ball rolling initially, you know? Oh, okay. So uh, Terry Tuesday would not exist without the without the uh, inspiration of Dick Justice and the hard work of our good friend Monsoon Classic. See, he's not on social media, so you could have just taken credit for this. I'm not a scumbag, Adam. <laughs> I was literally just about to say I would have taken credit for it, but now I can't. <sighs> All, All right. right. Ed calls in again. Shocker. Hey, Joe and Adam. It's Ed. Um, two things that are not related at all. I just don't have a podcast uh, anymore, so I, I don't have anywhere to talk about them. Thing number one, um, the Power Rangers reunion uh, trailer dropped. It's coming out April 19th, and uh, it looks pretty good. I'll watch it. Um, but Billy's in it. But I was just thinking about how they better not fucking call him Billy, because that is like a 45-year-old man, and that is fucking Bill. Like, you cannot be Billy when you're 45. That's insane. He better be William or Will or Bill. Anything really. Not even Willie. I don't I wouldn't even check. I think you can do Willie again once you're, like, in your 60s. I think from, like, 40-something to that, you got to at least got to be Bill. Okay, thing number two. Uh, I had nothing to listen to today at work, so I'm just listening to old Howard Stern stuff. And uh, I'm listening to the one Eric the Actor was on TNA today and Bobby Roode cut the promo on him and yells at him a lot. And I was just thinking about, like, I know this guy isn't as good as everybody makes him out to be. And we, we know that because we're smart wrestling fans. Um, but how good <laughs> like MJF, who's allowed to say whatever he wants, be cutting the promo on Eric the Actor? Um, it would... It would be the most low-hanging fruit shit imaginable, right? And I know that, but it, it would be, it would be hilarious, and I would love that. Thoughts, thoughts on that. Also, Joe, don't worry. Me and Adam will watch the Power Rangers reunion special for uh, the Patreon. Uh, and Adam, we're not going to watch that DDT Judgment show. It's four and a half hours long, and I'm not fucking doing that. My <laughs> first now. Um. So how uh, about this? Oh, go ahead. Are you a Power Rangers guy, there, Adam? Uh, no, I watched Power Rangers like the first season, maybe when it was on like syndication, you know, like the original five and then like the Green Ranger came in and the White Ranger. But I've never seen anything after that. So I know that there's been and Ed, I'm sure we'll do a very detailed synopsis on next week's voicemails of the 75 different casts and reboots uh, and which one is better. But no, I'm like aside from the first like year or so. When it was like super big, that that's the only time I watched Power Rangers. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit older than you, so it kind of passed me by. But I had a younger brother, and he mm. was super into it, so I was like aware of it through him. And uh, I'll say with Ed, there's going to be a bit in the in the new whatever where they do call the Blue Ranger Billy, and he's going to correct them and say it's William now, you know, some shit like that. And then yeah. there's going to be a bit in the third act where he embraces being called Billy. <laughs> I could see that. 
All right. I do still have a mint on card Green Ranger and a mint on card White Ranger because that was my guy. Oh, really? Okay. Still have those figures somewhere, and they're toted. They're not uh, detolf worthy. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> shout out to Tommy who's no longer with us. Yeah, absolutely. And then your other thing about MJF and Eric the actor, MJF, his entire I would I would have no choice but to come around on MJF if he was cutting promos on Eric. He would cut the lamest, shittiest promos. That would get Eric so fired up that Eric would walk. That's how bad they would be. You know what I mean? Eric would go out of his mind. Eric would be like calling the police on MJF for like him doing heel shit in a wrestling match. It would be amazing. Another uh, uh, man taken from us far too soon and Eric the actor. Ack, ack. PJ Pants. Having sex with his bed. I'm glad I don't know any of this stuff, uh, but this can be a thing for you and Ed. Right. This will be on me and Ed's podcast where we just be, it's like, oh, remember that Eric, the actor thing where he did this? Yeah, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> and then we don't play the clip. We just reminisce back and forth about how much we like that stuff. There you go. All right. Ed did call back one more time. This was an emergency call. Hey, Joe and Adam, it's Ed. Um, I didn't plan on calling back again, right? I feel like three calls successive, but it's not. My boy Phil was on one today, so I'm sure you all saw that, right? Um, and I just want to know what your opinion is. I think there's two very funny outcomes of this, uh, and I want to know which one you guys think is funnier. So he could go. <laughs> he wants to wrestle again. He can just go to New Japan, right? And how funny would it be if he was like? The leader of the Bullet Club in like 2023. <laughs> or what if he just shows up at Dynamite and Costanza's it, right? Like, what if he just shows up and everyone's mad and he's just like, oh, you guys took that seriously? No, it's joking. It's working. Like, I think those are both great options. I I, I want to know what you guys uh, think, though, about which is better. I know everyone's going to go towards, towards uh, Costanza in it, but I don't know, man. 2023 Bullet Club led my CM Punk is like the funniest fucking visual. I want it. I want it real bad. Okay, bye. <laughs> I, I hate to say, I, I obviously I have to go the Costanza route because that, that is hilarious. I think it's way funnier than the Bullet Club thing. And like 2023 Bullet Club is lame and Phil's awesome. So he can't be in the Bullet hmm. Club. <laughs> the only uh, thing that's lame about Phil is that he like this is like a 50 year old man who claims to have never seen a Rocky movie. And like there's nothing worse than the bit where you like pretend you didn't see movies that are super popular like that's like a really bad bit so okay far be it from me to defend phil because i'm not going to defend phil okay there's a bunch of movies from the 80s that were part of our childhood early 90s or whatever that i've never seen okay but i don't like go around like wearing it like a badge of honor like this somehow makes me better or different than you but i will say adam I've never seen any of the John Hughes, 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, whatever type movies, okay? 
Never seen any of them. I've seen, like, clips of them, or if they've shown, like, whatever in, like, music videos on MTV, or I've seen the commercials, right? Well, define uh, – uh, we're going to nitpick this. Define John Hughes. Does it have to be, like, the the romance thing? But Because, like, wasn't Weird Science a John Hughes movie? Okay, so I've seen Weird Science tons of times. I'm talking your 16 Candles. I'm talking your Breakfast Clubs. I'm talking your Pretty in Pink. Like, that ilk, right? Okay. I was going to say, because I've seen John John Hughes did Home Alone. Right. Know? He did so Uncle like, Buck. He did the yeah. Huckle Buck. He did all of these things, right? All right. Yeah. Those are the so, ones I'm talking about. I've never seen Dirty Dancing, Okay. All right, nobody puts Joey in the corner. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Those movies are such a part of pop culture. I could fake my way through a discussion and get references to those movies. Like, let's say I'm a professional wrestler and somebody pitches an, an angle to me that directly references one of those movies. I'm not going to say, I never saw that movie. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Whether you saw Rocky Three or not, you know the fucking story of Rocky. It's part of pop culture. They make references to it in tons of other things. So that means you don't get like 20% of pop culture from 1978 to 1985. You just don't get it. It just completely yeah. misses you. Because it's a Rocky movie, you know? Phil, Phil's going to be like, I've never seen Rocky, uh, and I've never read mad magazine seen saturday night live family right. guy the simpsons uh any kind of parody thing you know like i've ne- i've ne- i've never heard this rocky thing what is it is it rocky and bullwinkle i don't know and so again i'm not saying that that phil is being dishonest i just think that as a 46 year old man he's clinging too hard onto this oh by me not seeing a 70 year old movie makes me cooler than you right well, he's punk rock, man. He's yeah. <laughs> um, the way that I think would be funny if things shook out with AEW would be that uh, they had to make like a separate show for Phil to be on to keep him away from all the people that he hates and hate him. <laughs> That'd be the real funny thing. Huh. That's that's too crazy to even work. Mm hmm. Uh, but thank you for your calls, Ed. Thank you for your calls, everyone. Yeah, and we're, like, getting real close to Ed having his own podcast. Yeah, like, that's true. Because he's like, oh, I don't have a podcast to say this into. Dude, you're, like, seven days away from a promised podcast. Well, listen, seven days. Well, actually, eight days. Eight days! He's enjoying eight. his sobriety. Um, he said April. I think he stated a specific date in April. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it's, like, the third week in April. But, you know. He's got like a month. What a nice round time to start. Like, I'm going to start on April 18th. Or... He's doing it specifically to coincide with the return of Dude Love, the 25-year anniversary of the return of Dude Love to WWE TV. Of, of course he is. Of course he is. It's Ed. What are you, what are you, what are yeah. you talking about, right? Yeah. No, no, I get it. Um, but hey, um, you know, obviously last week, uh, you know, we talked about the homework that Adam assigned me, which was the uh, Miz movie, the Marine Three Homefront, uh, <laughs> which will be over on the Patreon, um, you know, later on today, tonight, whenever uh, this goes up. And then next week's homework is going to be uh, continuing watching that stuff from that between Russo booked eras of WCW, uh, we are watching the Thunder from J- it aired on January nineteenth, 
in 2000. It was taped on the 18th, whatever. Um, but allegedly, we're going to get what's going on with the world title, right? Oh, yeah. Saving it for Thunder. I like it. Um, we do have a stacked show for Thunder. We have uh, the Mama Lukes taking on uh, Crowbar and David Flair. I hope Standards and Practice comes out to make sure that everything's in order. Right. We have Kurt Henning taking on Jim Duggan in the year 2000. <laughs> uh, we have Psychosis versus Chavo versus Lash LaRue. Uh, we have Kidman taking on the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea. Okay. Uh, the Nazi powers explode as the wall takes on Berlin. Uh, we have Medusa taking on Sh- Sensational Sherry again in 2000 for some reason. Oh, man. <laughs> we have Fit Finley taking on Jerry Flynn. We have DDP taking on Chris Canyon. Okay. And All in right. your main event of Thunder, Sid Vicious and Lex Luger are going to take on the team of Booker T and Big T. What? But weren't they rivals? <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck's going on. I've never seen any of this, so I'm going to be as shocked as you are watching it. All right, I look forward to checking that out. And like you said, that's going to be next week on the Patreon. That's right. And uh, like you said, we're going to be talking about the Marine 3. And uh, for those who have not yet joined the Patreon, you might have seen something as a little bit of a surprise in your podcast feed earlier today, right, Joe? That's right. Uh, so Adam uh, decided that we would give the first Patreon episode that we did, um, the first homework that we moved over to the Patreon when we started the Patreon, which was the episode of where we talk or the episode where we talked about Hitman Heart wrestling with shadows. Um, it's about a almost like an hour and a half discussion about it. Um, you know, sometimes when we would do the homework here on the show, we would, you know, not to say that we wouldn't give everything, but because it's its own freestanding show, we're able to get a little bit more, uh, in depth on a lot of the stuff that we talk about in the homework and, uh, the folks that signed up for it really enjoyed it. Um, if you were on the fence about signing up for the Patreon, give that a listen, uh, tell us what you think, go sign up for the Patreon, you know, support the show. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate that. And I can't wait until when we're done with this recording, we're going to do an hour and a half on the Marine 3. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we would have been better off just doing a, like a, a watch along. <laughs> you know? Well, we could certainly do that. You know, that that's something that, like we could sync it up and tell people to watch things. That's something for the future. We could toy with that. You know, Le- yeah. if you are a Patreon, uh, let us know when we do these movies that Adam assigns. Um, if you wanted to do it kind of like as a watch along with like that we recorded as a watch along, you, you know, we sync it up and watch and then you listen to that and you sync it up and you're watching the movie with us riff track style, you know? <laughs> yeah, because I was just thinking, I was like, all right, like the movie was only like if you take out the credits, the thing and we'll get into it when we get into the Patreon, but it was like an hour and 15 minutes and we might be on the podcast longer than the movie. Yeah. So we shall see. We but shall yeah. see. But definitely check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash at odds wrestling and also at odds Right. And other ways that you can support us is this week is the third or this weekend is the 35% off sale over at our T public store. Uh, that is linked up over on at odds wrestling.com. Uh, we also have our eBay affiliate link. Any and all the purchases that you make through eBay, uh, you know, we get a little bit of a click, uh, kickback. 
Uh, and when you click on links to various merchants on the site and make a purchase, this can result in the site earning a commission. Affiliate programs and affiliates include, but are not limited to, the eBay Partner Network. Yeah. Uh, you could also uh, sign up for Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, a.k.a. IWTV, uh, using our promo code at odds, new subscribers lets Jerry know that you came to him from us, and we get a little bit of a kickback. I heard on Between the Sheets this week, they got an affiliate program with Fight Plus. That's my next thing that I'm going to start looking into to get that for us, maybe, to see how that could work out. Oh, all right. Uh, they they should have had one, like, a while ago. No, I don't mean, like, Between the Sheets, but... The affiliate program, that would have been nice to have back when everybody made the migration over to AIW. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, well. Again, we're working on things. Listen, when we had that Amazon thing, we didn't have to worry about stuff. Now we don't have Amazon, <laughs> we gotta worry about it, right? Yeah, thank the fucking clown Bezos. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, we're about a month away from the next Let's, Let's Hang Out event, the first event of 2023. Um, no talent announced as of yet. Let me double check my Twitter because usually I get tagged in them. Nope. Um, but as talent gets announced and matches get announced and tickets go on sale, we'll let you know. And you can find out in the show notes of every single one of these episodes that go up wherever it is that you find these episodes. All right. And speaking of episodes, here's some episodes of some podcasts you should check out, Joe. Those podcasts are Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, Porch Talk, Viewer's Choice, Wrestling Cheers, Indie Wrestling Guide, Wings on Wings, If You Catch My Grift, Hayabusi, and for some strange reason, like an hour ago, I got to notice that We Need Wrestling already has their podcast done. So uh, I don't know why that's out so early. I'm a little worried, but We Need Wrestling. Go check them out. I don't know. Apparently the boys are up to something. I don't know. Yeah, like normally they're done at like 4 a.m. Like they're, they're a very weird start time, but... I smell collusion. Exactly. Joe, did you purge anything this week? I did. Uh, So during uh, AEW uh, this week, you know, I'm live tweeting the show. A lot of more people on my timeline live tweet the AEW than the World Wrestling Entertainment shows. And then I saw two tweets line up perfectly uh, on my timeline. Uh, One was you uh, saying, hold my calls, please. Uh, The other one was Kurt of the Stink Sheet, a.k.a. Otis P. Stink Trigger, tweeting out an image from The Simpsons of Apu holding up a copy of Gigantic Asses. (laughs) And again, both of these tweets went out during a certain match on AEW Dynamite this past week. I will not incriminate either you or Kurt uh, (laughs) to say what match that was. But again, the timing of these things uh, was impeccable to show up on the timeline. So I did take a screenshot of it and tweet that out and say, I'm sure these two tweets are completely unrelated. Yeah, I'm glad you're not incriminating me. Once again, continuing my uh, streak of being uncanceled. That's right. I I, I say you're uncancelable, but uh, let's not take a chance, huh? Uh, I, I like to push the, the, the envelope a little bit more and more every week. We'll see what we can get away with. All right. All right, Joe. I think that's it for the main show. All right. Some might cost a little. Some might cost a lot. But I'm the $100 Vansky. And your figures will be bought. Ha 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 ha.
All right, Joe. I think is this going to be another week where we just go back and forth, back and forth with all of our purchases? Oh yeah, that's usually how it always goes, right? Exactly. No, so I did have a purchase this week. Again, it's not a purchase for me, so I don't typically consider them. But just to add something, the pre-order for the next Pokemon set went up today. Um, so I pre-ordered it for my kid. You know, he always gets like the Elite Trainer box for the set or whatever it is. And it usually the pre-orders for them go up usually a week before the next set comes out to get you forgetting about the next set and get ready for the next next set. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so that was my purchase this week. Something for my kid. All right. Are you are you excited about tomorrow? Supposedly another Mattel crowdfunded thingy is going to go on sale. We don't know what it is yet, though. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what it is. It'll be interesting. Um, to see what the uh, d- I'm I'm more intrigued for the discourse on that, and to see how much Broski bullies people into buying it. <laughs> yeah, because like when Broski buys, and now we're gonna get into another part of the podcast called Barry Broski. Um, my favorite part, <laughs> exactly. Broski buys a Mattel Ultimate Ring for two hundred and fifty dollars, and then pieces it out and makes a thousand dollars on whatnot. And somehow that experience is transferable to all of us because we're also celebrities with a huge following of like cultists that will overpay for something. So if you buy it for two fifty, Joe, you'll also get thousands of dollars for it. That's how it works. Right. In broski world. Sure. Yeah. Meanwhile, I mean, I didn't buy it to sell it, but I have a Mattel Creations Ultimate Ring in there that uh, if I wanted to sell it, I'd be lucky to break even. But again, I don't have a whatnot. Anyways, I look forward to finding out what's going to be put on sale tomorrow. A lot of lot of rumors that are completely unsubstantiated, but if they do that Nitro Ring that people have been clamoring for to the Nitro entrance, oh, I'm not a guy that does displays, but I would want that. I saw people speculating that might be the SmackDown fist ring. See, if it was that, I would be very happy because I could not buy it. Okay. Unless it came with, like, awesome figures that I needed. (laughs) But, I don't know, we shall see. But if it was a SmackDown ring, like, with the fist, like, I don't know what the ultimate that would go with it would be. Um, It would probably be, like, a rock and a Triple H. Oh, see, that I can very easy pass for me. Yeah. But anyways, I'm going to get on to I do have a couple purchases, nothing crazy. Um, I never, ever, ever talk about ordering video games because I'm not much of a gamer. But I did do a last minute pre-order because I think the game comes out within the next week or so. But I pre-ordered the PlayStation 5 remake of Resident Evil 4. Did you ever play Resident Evil 4 back in the day, Joe? No, I think the last Resident Evil I played was 2. Okay, uh, like I played the first like I, like one, two, maybe three, but like I was I sucked at them and I hated them because they were too hard and they were like the fixed camera and all that stuff. But Resident Evil Four on the GameCube was my jam. I love that game and that was like a game of the year winner. It completely changed a lot of things about gaming. Uh, so like I love that game. I have fond memories of it. And maybe like two years ago. They did a PS4 remake, or not remake, remaster. So I bought the PS4 version, and all they did was put a fresh paint of coat on it. And it was just, like, after 10, 12 years, 
of since the game originally came out, I played the remaster and it was just unplayable. I was like, how did people play video games like this back in 2004? Um, so I was very turned off by it. But the PlayStation 5 version, apparently they just remade the game from the ground up. So it's the same story from Resident Evil 4, but it's done with modern, not only graphics, but modern controls and stuff like that. And it's getting like 10 out of 10 scores from like everybody. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, if this game was awesome in 2004 and they say that the remake is awesome, I need to get it. So my first video game purchase in a long time. But, you know, looking forward to that. Did I talk about on the show that I pre-ordered? I, I must have. The pre-order of the remaster of the second Katamari game that's coming out for... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, okay. I was going to say. So I'm good for like one video game a year myself. Yeah, and it's funny. I think we both of our purchases are just old games. Like like remade, remastered, whatever. But like I, I say this all the time. Like People are like, oh, do you play video games? I'm like, well, I play the same three games just over and over again. And right. like every time there's a remaster or remake, I'll, I'll buy those. So I don't play anything new. But yeah, we talked about that. So this will be my one game for, for a long time. That'll keep you busy. Yeah, I uh, got to do something to fill the time. Um. Joe, did you catch yourself watching any of the World Baseball Classic this past week? I'm aware of it. (laughs) I know America lost. Yeah, America lost to Japan in the championship game. And I was watching the game. That was the only one that I watched. I didn't watch any of the the previous rounds. But I was like, okay, the championship is on tonight. It's not like a best of seven. It's just one game I'm going to watch. I'm like, I'll watch it. Uh, and as often happens when I watch sports, I start like just Googling, uh, not Googling, like eBay searching for like baseball cards if I'm watching baseball or football cards if I'm watching football. And I did make uh, a quick uh, baseball card purchase, which once again just dooms this player to having like not only a bad season, but possibly ending their career. But I picked up an autographed memorabilia card limited to 25 of Harrison Bader, which is the Yankees center fielder. Uh, I bought a card of his during the playoffs last year, which cursed him to start this season with a, uh, a tweaked oblique muscle. Uh, so now that I bought another card of him, uh, he might get seriously injured. So I really need to stop buying cards of players. I like, but you can't help yourself. I can't. Cause I, I have a little bit of a sickness. That's true. But um, that was going to be it, Joe. That was going to be my last purchase, just those two things. But as you may or may not know, um, I do have a lot of eBay save searches set up. And every once in a while, there is a save search that just never pings. I set them up because I know something exists. But like, it's not like, oh, every week, here's one, here's one, here's one, here's one. It's just one of those that I set up and it's just, it's dead because nothing ever comes up under that listing. You know what I mean? You had one hit recently, like within the last like two or three weeks, didn't you? Uh, maybe like the, the bore mask might've been something or like every once in a while, like whenever those old, like Hawkins and Broski figures pop up from the Jack's era. I think it was a Hawkins figure if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's possible. I got me. It was probably a couple months ago. I got a rare Hawkins figure. Um, but, you know, those types of things where they just never come up. And when they do, they're Lucy's or they're just astronomically priced. So one of those things went off earlier today. And I looked at it. I'm like, oh, God damn it. I, 
I, I have no business looking at this figure right now. Um, it, it was a, a figure. It was a wrestling figure. Um, and I have no business. I'm like, bad timing. I was like, maybe I'll get it the next time it pops up. And I showed it to our buddy Derek, and he's like, oh, you can't let this thing go by. And I'm like, yeah, you got a good point. But oh, maybe maybe I'll just watch it for a little while and see if I get sent a best offer. You know, you know the dance, Joe, right? Sure. Um, and then uh, I personally was not worked by a 2017 photo that somebody put up on Twitter. Uh, and I certainly didn't bite on We Need Wrestling doing the scoop from a couple weeks ago. But there was some talk that maybe somebody might be returning to the spotlight of the national wrestling stage. And it was it was proven by the fact that Stacey Keebler reactivated her her social medias today. Yes, and after not tweeting for something like what, six years? Something like that. And Joe, like it, that's the perfect storm because the thing that went off on my eBay list was a Stacey Keebler figure. And okay. it it was a Jax, of course, Jax, three-pack. And I'm actually going to send you the picture right now, as I often do, as I remember that, Joe. Uh, a three-pack with Tori Wilson and Trish Stratus. And it was an exclusive to the website, the very famous re- website, WrestlingFigures.com, which is now ringside. Okay, I'm looking so- here. I guess I could figure out which one's supposed to be Stacy Keebler. <laughs> yeah, just look for the one that's taller. That's really the only way you can tell. Like, uh, she, I guess the hair is kind of different too. But uh, Jack's figures, it was a different time, Joe. It was a different time. Uh huh. And these are limited to thirty five hundred units, so rarer than an AEW chase. And they just never, ever, 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 ever pop up on eBay. So it was really nice shape. And I got a decent deal on it. And uh, just with all the timing, I feel like all all of the millions and millions of Stacey Keebler fans are going to be coming out of the woodwork when she's at the podium accepting her induction. And uh, I needed to buy it because I'm a sick, sick man. And I'm I'm not going to say I'm the Michael Jordan of Greece, but I might be like the Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> uh, the irony of that is not lost on me. <laughs> When uh, Wilt's uh, revelations came out, I was a sports guy, so I'm well aware of what sort of numbers he claims to have put up, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I don't know, Joe, what do you think? Do you, I mean, not, you know, obviously you're not judging the the soundness of the purchase because there is no soundness to anything I purchased. But what do you think of the figure based on 2023 sensibilities? Well, those figures look like shit. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, they're not good. They're not good at all. Even like, like Tori's in the middle, and like if you didn't know that was Tori Wilson, it looks more like Dana Brooke. If you took the hat away from Trish and just like didn't show like the outside and say who are these figures, I would have said that's three Charlotte Flares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to just crop the photos. And then just put them up on social media and be like, who's who? And we'll do a little game. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. That'll be fun. But, uh, yeah, no, I had to get it. I had, like, again, I've never seen them. I've never seen an eBay alert go off for a sealed box of them. You know, I've seen them Lucy's, but I've never seen a a sealed box. And uh, I got to get it, you know? 
And again, you said you got a decent price on it, you know, comparatively. You have nothing to compare it to, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of compared it to, like, uh, like what? All right, this is three figures, and it's, like, got the rarity of, like, an AEW chase, but it's older. I'm like, what does three chases go for now? And I'm like, okay, if, you know, I can get an AEW chase for, like, 40 bucks now. I'm like, what's three figures? So that's kind of my math I use. Uh-huh. Well, uh, so does this now complete your collection, or what do we have left of Stacy Keebler figures? Uh, they, I currently have, obviously, there is the Miss Hancock figure that came out with the Target Legends line, like, recently, and that's the best figure ever. Uh, so I have that. Uh, I have her bobblehead. I have the boxed Jax figure that I got the last time I went on a Dolce Fire with Jay Gold. Uh, and now I have this three pack. Um, so I have this three pack is by far the rarest of the bunch. Um, there are two other ones that I need if I was to be a, a, a completist of Stacy Keebler. And by all means, at this point, I might as well be right. Um, there is a two pack with test. Uh, also back in the Jack's air. That is really easy to find um, depending on the condition you're looking at maybe for like a on a an eight out of ten or a seven out of ten box or package, and honestly, for a figure that old, that's kind of all you can hope for. Uh, maybe thirty bucks, maybe like fifty shipped. You know, so those aren't bad. Um, and then there is a figure. I think it's like a Jack's Backlash. I've seen it on Wrestling Figure Database. Um, is another one I've never seen on card. So I have no idea what that would go for. Uh, so those are the two. Like, so again, there's two I need. One of them is very easy to get. One of them I've never seen for sale. So we'll see what happens. At this point, why don't you get them all? Yeah. No, like I said, I, the test two pack I can get any at any time. That was probably based on its availability, probably the most widespread one. Uh, but like the backlash one, who knows if I see one go up for sale and somebody wants a reasonable price, of course, I'm going to jump on it. Right. And I know, uh, they, as you mentioned, they, their episodes already out, but I know DJ from we need wrestling claimed they are the one that broke the story weeks ago about Stacy Keebler going into the world wrestling entertainment hall of fame. They got duped by a seven year old give <laughs> picture or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> We saw it before we started recording, and then like the two of us, like, wait a minute, something's fishy here, you know? So yeah, we didn't well, go forward with it. They, no problem, <laughs> firing off half cocked, going out with false information. So weeks later, they could say, oh, we've been right the whole time. <laughs> yeah, we're like, uh, you know, we have a vetting process. We're like CNN, you know, they're like QTV. They just went with whatever they exactly. got. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? I couldn't say it better. DJ especially and Brett are the QTV of the soon to be named network. <laughs> yeah, any anything that comes across their tweets, they're going to run with it as facts. Right. <laughs> Brett is Aaron Solo and DJ specifically is QT Marshall. All right. Well, who who's the Auss- the Aussie blonde check in glasses? Uh, Michelle. Michelle, okay. just because, okay. you know, she's from Wings on Wings, you know. <laughs> Yeah, good on DJ there. All right. <laughs> but that's it for me for purchases. Like I said, it would have been a small week if it wasn't for the fact that earlier today that that Stacy thing came across my desk and I had to get it. 
Right. Well, good luck getting the other two. Keep your eyes out for the Backlash one for Adam if you're at any toy shows or whatever it is. I, I feel as though that should be an easy figure to find, but, you know, if they make the official announcement of Stacy going in, you know, I could see those numbers going up. So it's it's good to get in while the getting's good on uh, those figures. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, all right, there's going to be other people with nostalgia that are going to jump on it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm actually just looking, again, Wrestling Figure Database, not a sponsor, but this is a great website, especially if you're like, uh, like, for example, on on Final Wrestling Place a couple weeks ago, Marcus mentioned that he wanted to get Kevin Owens figures where he's wearing a KO Mania shirt. So I just typed in Kevin Owens on this website, and it's like, here's a photographic list of every Kevin Owens figure ever. And I just looked for the ones that had the KO Mania thing, and I just sent it to them. So I use this all the time for, like, trying to figure out, you know, just information about figures. Um, It is a 2004 Jack-specific Ruthless Aggression off-the-ropes figure. Uh, So it's not Backlash. I apologize. But it's uh, just basically a Stacey Keebler in black gear. Very weird packaging. Uh, I'll shoot you a picture, and you'll get it off the air. But... uh, uh, yeah, check out Wrestling Figure Database. I use them all the time if you're a wrestling figure collector. But that's it. All right. Well, listen, everybody, thank you very much for listening this week, uh, episode 234 of At Odds. Uh, we'll see you over on the Patreon if you're a subscriber. If not, uh, for Adam, this is Joe saying be safe out there and enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.